Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I have absolutely no doubt that at some point in your life, you will remember the very second that you tuned in to the first, first ever, first ever Steam Room oh my. podcast. Um, and who would have thought a guy, a guy who survived the mean streets of Milwaukee <laughs> and a guy who grew up in little old Leeds, Alabama. The mean streets of Leeds, Alabama. Would one day be, uh, be sharing microphones on a podcast. This is awesome. Yeah, it really is. It's, yeah, this uh, is awesome. It, and it's, if you think it, it looks big from where you're watching, man, it's even bigger than that. This is, <laughs> place is huge. You know, the good thing about the, the podcast, we're probably actually going to be able to get to say something. Yeah, well, as I was saying, who would have thought you and I could do this um, in a show named after uh, a semi-naked uh, encounter that Charles had in a steam room. Uh, and when he broke this news to us a couple of years ago, I think it was, it was a mistake. Yeah, because one. you showed up with a low Kai bracelet and we said, where'd you get that? And this, this is, is how that trend, uh, uh, that whole conversation transpired. <laughs> I got this bracelet from a guy in the steam room back in Arizona. <laughs> you got Hey, Kenny, quit asking questions, You man. got the bracelet from, from a, a dude guy in the steam room. room. Explain, yeah. please. Yes, explain, please. You know, it's, it's you guys made something so pure, so bad. So I was sitting in the steam room, and it's a good, the, the, is it Loda? Loka. Loka. And I just have, uh, you know, sometimes you'd make conversation because it was hot in the steam room. How many people were in the steam room at the time? I think it was four, but I was sitting next to this guy, and I was towel. Uh, of course, I had a towel on. Okay, and uh, I said, "Man, that's a cool." Did he have a towel on? Yes, he did. Okay, he had a cool little bracelet on. I said, "Man, that's a cool little bracelet right there," and uh, he said, "Oh, well, he said the name," and I said, "Oh, that's cool looking." So then he leaves. I stay in there another fifteen minutes or more. When I go to the front desk, they says. Somebody left this for you, and it was the bracelet. So there was no exchange of bracelets there was in no, the actual There was no room. exchange of bracelet when we were both semi-naked. And Ernie. what was his name? I don't know his name. Ernie, when you're in the steam room, you're not, like, you might I know, but I thought maybe when, he, hey, maybe left a note. Charles, I hope you enjoy this. Uh, Love, <laughs> so-and-so. <laughs> but that's not what see, happened. Uh, see America, something so pure. Has turned into, and you're not wearing the loci bracelet anymore. Uh, it, I think it's really it's still in style. I haven't seen a bunch sure. of them lately. Cam Newton's a big loci guy. Oh, uh, shout out to Cam I'm Newton. Get well, right soon, Cam. Okay. Get well soon, Cam. Get well soon, Cam. The way we're going to start off the steam room, uh, and we'll do this just, I guess, just about every time that that we do this, uh, is steal one of your favorite phrases because we hear it all the time. Anytime you're in a discussion, and that would be. 
First of all, you know you have a lot of money when you get hunting nut Cheerios. I've had the regular Cheerios. First of all, you know anybody ride a motorcycle who makes millions of dollars is an idiot. First of all, zero plus zero is zero. This whole first of all thing, that's one of the first things that I noticed about you 19 years ago when you started working is that you prefaced much of what you say with first of all, even if it's like the fourth item in something. It, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to get my point across mm -hmm. first. First of all. I never get the second point across. That's, I think that's the flaw in my master plan. <laughs> well, for our purposes today, first of all, is what? You know, the toughest thing about our job is when you have to criticize players. And because, listen, most of us are ex-players, whether you work for Espen or TNT, CBS, or the NFL today, we never really want to criticize players or coaches. And But when players, number one, don't play up their potential or do stupid things, it, it's a really awkward thing for us. And I, So I was watching the guys on television the other day, and they were trying to explain Le'Veon Bell. And the, bowl, and the night of bowling uh, with yeah, the flu? Well, you're going you're gonna to miss the game with the flu, but the night before the game, you're out bowling for three or four hours. So if you're an NFL analyst, are you trying to toe that line, or what are you saying to Le'Veon Bell? Uh, that's, that's visually bad, mentally bad. You can't put yourself in that situation. You can't put your coach in that situation. You're disrespecting your teammates. It's just a bad look overall. I mean, I don't know him at all, but if I'm going to miss a game with the flu, out of respect for my teammates, I'm not probably going to be out having fun. What are you doing if you're a teammate? Uh, I'm just, uh, well. Now, do you approach him? Or does it depend on where you stand on that team? If you're on a, well, I'm going to give you a perfect example. I, I'm watching the President's Cup, and they asked Roy McElroy about. Patrick Reed cheating last week in that tournament. He says, well, this is what I would do. He says, I wouldn't call him out publicly like the other players are doing, but it's probably three times he said in his career, he says, let's go have lunch with a guy. And he says, hey, I'm not going to say anything publicly, but I think you need to be a little bit careful on the rules in this situation. I think the players, and I, and I think that's the way you should handle it. Because I got mad at some of the pro golfers this year who were going at Bryson DeChambeau for slow play. You see, I, I think you go to the tour if you're unhappy how slow he is. Do you go to the player? I think you can't, but you go you to were, him privately. Say, yeah, say you were in that, in that foursome or in, you know, some. I would go to him privately. Okay. I did not like the players killing him on Twitter. And because you, you first of all, he's your he's your teammate, really. And you don't have to call him out publicly. You don't have to tweet. And because then when you when you start tweeting, you let the whole world give their opinion about that guy. And I don't like that. But I like the way Roy McElroy said he'd handle it. So what if a reporter asks you after your round and says, what do you think about the slow play uh, of Bryson DeChambeau? Are you saying... Well, that's be you know. I'm going to talk to him about that, or no, do you say no you, comment. You, you says, "Listen, that's up to the tour to enforce the rules." 
It's not up to me. I don't, because then what happens is you might be doing something wrong and then he's going to call you out. So I think there's a better way to handle things. Like I said, I love the way McElroy said, he says, I would invite the guy to lunch and say, hey, listen, uh, I think you might need to be really careful in this rule situation. And And he said, and he gave like three or four perfect examples. Now, if you go, like a couple of guys went to Twitter and just killed them. I don't think that's the way you do it. Isn't and, that the way it is these days, it, Chuck? Yeah, but listen, Ernie, we all in this thing together. I think that, and, and I think you have to be smart enough to know also, like, once I start saying stuff publicly about a guy on my team or another player, it's going to go viral. You have to, that's the way you have to think now. And Le'Veon Bell should have been smart enough, like, hey, I'm not playing I've got the flu. We're losing. We're losing. If I go bowling, because that was the first question the coach was asked the next day. Not, hey, we got Lamar Jackson this week, who's the MVP. Hey, Le'Veon Bell was out bowling the night before the yeah. game. I don't think that's fair. Like I say, I don't think it's fair to the coach, and I don't think it's fair to his team. No, it has a terrible look. A uh, terrible look. Yeah, the, um, the second segment – the way we plan it at this point, at least, is is going in the news. And it doesn't have to be, obviously, uh, NBA-related. It can just be sports-related or something happened in the world. Uh, and you kind of went there already with Patrick Reed, but let, me, but let me start there. When you saw the video of him in the waste bunker, yes. taking two practice wings and, and taking his club back through the sand, yeah. which is a violation of the rule, I mean, he says... If you do something unintentionally that breaks the rules, it's not considered cheating. But he's wrong because he, first of all, that was intentional. It looked that way to it, me. It looked that way to anybody who got two eyes. Like, and, and I'm I'm always leery of telling somebody they're cheating. I mean, because like sometimes it's an accident. That was flagrant on TV and golf. You have to call – see, one thing about golf, one thing I admire about golf is you have to, it's the only sport where you call penalties on yourself. Yeah. Like a guy's – the integrity that, hey, of that hey, game. Hey, a guy's never going to say, hey, uh, don't count that basket. I traveled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hey, listen, I, the guy missed a shot because I hit him on the elbow. I held him a little yeah. bit. I think that, – yeah. But golf is the only sport that does that. The only sport. And, it, and, it, and it's what, what golf prides itself on that, I, and, that, and, that and, we 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 kind of monitor ourselves, and we yes, you know, if because you got so much action going on over so many acres and that kind of thing, yeah. that's the only thing about televised golf too that that sometimes drives me crazy. I don't is think that, I don't think people a, watch. Yeah, but I don't. And think, then they they call the tour, or they call somebody. Yeah, I, and all I don't of think that should be able to happen. No, I think I saw they want to change a rule that once you're off the air, the the. the but they should, regardless, they shouldn't let fans call in and call penalties. Mm-hmm. But there was a kid, I can't remember his name, about three weeks ago, shot a great round, and he was giving out balls after the round, and he realized he had switched balls during the round. He called a penalty on himself. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have did that. I mean, I got a bunch of different... you're constantly running out of balls. No, I'm constantly... 
just you have none to give away hey, at the no, end. No, 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 Ernie. I got them from the people who got you. I got plenty of anybody who got hit by one of my tee shots. Can I have that ball back? Yeah, but I stopped putting my name on my balls because people walk up to me. I used to get my name. I thought it was cool, you know, because Tiger got his name on his ball. He's a profession. Yeah, I know. He's a professional golfer. But I thought it was cool. The balls were free. I got my name put on them. And then. How many people out there you reckon have Charles Barkley golf balls? I'm not even exaggerating. I probably had 20 people (laughs) throughout the last few years come up to me and say, hey, did you play this golf? Yeah, I played it. I found one of your balls, (laughs) and I just started laughing. So now I I don't put my name on my balls anymore. Remember Duffy Waldorf? Oh, yeah. He used to have, like, artwork on his Yeah, he had a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And I played Whistling Straits the day after they had the PGA Championship Uh there the first time. Uh, and my son Eric and I were out there playing. They have a, a big media thing on uh, the day after. And in a water hazard where I was looking for my ball, you found one of his balls? I found a Duffy Waldorf ball, had this beautiful sunset and palm trees oh, and all the awesome. stuff that was drawn on there. It, it's uh, like, I got a golf question for you. You ever played Augusta? Yeah, once. Was it awesome? It was the greatest day of my life, golf wise. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Hey, so, so, sorry, Sarah Land. No, uh, no golf wise. Oh, okay. Because it was with my dad. Uh-huh. I had uh, arranged for him to play Augusta National for his 50th wedding anniversary. Wow. For he and my mom's 50th. And it took a while to schedule-wise to make it work. Um, and then it was decided it would be December 10th, 1998. Wow. And just so happened the league was in uh, the lockout at that point, December of 98. And my dad calls me and said, what are you doing? I said, not much, kind of waiting for these guys to start playing again. He said, you got an opening for that around at Augusta. That's awesome. So we went down there. And, it, and you'd think, on December 10th, what's the weather going to be like? It was about 65. Oh, that's perfect. perfect. It's the one round of golf, Chuck, that you wanted to go slower. Yeah. There were so few people out there. You, know, you just played and you went and there was nothing to hold you up. And all of a sudden you look up and you're on the 17th tee and you say, oh, I only got two holes left. So, so they Great. say they say when you play Augusta, it looks flat on television, but it's the hillest course you ever gonna play. Oh, there's lots of hills, and and there's no, um, you know, it's not like if you go in the rough, it's yeah. not like it's this like real where rough. Where the heck is it? Because um, I was in it a few times, but uh, it looks like every blade of grass there has one person taking care of it. I mean, everything is just perfect, and. Um, and it was awesome. What a, it was so. So my pro, a lot of you know, obviously living in Arizona, I play with a lot of pros, and they have said to me, "It's the easiest golf course until you get to the greens." Yeah, I mean, I'm not ever going to call any golf course easy. Yeah. Um, but the thing that scared me the most, obviously, was the greens because you you hear about these lightning. You know, they're lightning fast, yeah. and and so I was afraid to hit it. And like my caddy on the first hole, yeah. I left a putt about 10 feet short. He says, you got to hit it. I yeah. said, I'm afraid. I'm afraid if I hit it too hard, it's going to wind up, you know, going off the front of the green and in the fairway. Um, but, yeah, it's it's everything you thought it would be. Yeah. And um, and my dad only lost one ball that day. He, wow. hit, he hit a ball in the water on 16 on the par three. Um, and I was right at the green in the pine straw above the green. So you're coming downhill. Yeah, I was coming downhill yeah. from there. And so I was, he said, uh, don't be laughing about your dad losing the ball here because you could still lose this one. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that's one of those, that was one of those things. I, I would love to play Augusta one time. I'd actually, 
I'd like to go to the Masters one time. I think at some point, I hopefully somebody will give me some tickets. Yeah. Let's move from uh, from Patrick Reed to uh, your buddy Bill Belichick. So is this is this something in your mind, or is this uh, everybody pump the brakes because they? Yeah. You know, he and just for background, Bill Bill is is one of my really good friends. He's somebody I really admire and really respect. And it's this Patriots film crew that's yeah this show. And they're they're filming the Cincinnati Cleveland game the week before the Patriots play play yeah. the Bengals, who had not given their like, oh yeah, go ahead, we we're fine. To me, the Patriots, uh, Mr. Kraft, Jonathan Burge, and obviously Bill, they've been great to me. I go to see Patriots games all the time. But let me say this: I would be totally shocked if they were that stupid. I, I, I can't imagine them being that stupid after all the other yeah. stuff that's happened. Like, I would be totally shocked if they were that stupid because that 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 would be just like, nah, you you, you guys are really think y'all are above the law to do that again. I think again, the you talk about the optics. Yeah, bad. This and, is, and, and I, let me two. let me let me say this one thing, and I understand because obviously I've been watching because they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. They, they, I mean, because of everything that's happened in the past, it, it's kind of like this: they're guilty and they're going to prove their innocence. Mm-hmm. They they crossed over into that territory. You would think somebody in that organization, along in that hierarchy, would say, as they're saying, "Okay, yeah." We're, we're okaying this trip for you guys to Cincinnati to shoot this on our advanced scouting and and, and say, well, maybe that's not a great idea. Yeah. Maybe, or at, at the very least, tell the Bengals, yeah. this is what we're doing. And yeah. Cincinnati says, no chance. Yeah. Look, we're horrible, and we're not going to let you come and shoot yeah, stuff on I, our sidelines. Yeah, but like I say, but it's it's an interesting thing to me because I like, no nobody, it, first, of all, it, first of all, if they're guilty, the penalties have to be severe. Uh, I, I mean, because but but I just, as much as I respect Coach Belichick and Mr. Kraft and those guys, I cannot believe they would do something that stupid, plain and simple. Uh, the Golden Globe nominations are out. Let's see. Netflix, 17 nominations, uh, including four award contenders in the Best Motion Picture Race. Uh, so how would you describe... Chuck, your viewing habits these days, with all the changes in in television and media and how we watch things, and do we watch streaming services? So, so what do you? What is must see TV for you? Monday night, The Good Doctor, must see. Amsterdam, The Good Doctor, in Amsterdam, a must see TV for me. You see, to me, Chuck, you sound like a guy who is. Ignoring um, streaming, all the innovations and the way that you can binge watch things and record things, and if if it doesn't fit into your schedule, you can watch it when it does. You seem like one of these guys who's just like, well, there are only three channels, and Mondays I'm going to watch this. Are you trying to change, Ernie? I probably watch out of a hundred percent. I probably watch sports sixty percent of the time is that a high number or is that see i don't watch sports 60 percent of the time 
I'm addicted to football, basketball. I'll even watch baseball. But if there's hockey, a, you're a big uh, hockey love guy. hockey. But if there's a football game or a basketball game on, I want to watch. I love sports. And every night you watch sports, you can see something incredible. Like, like when we're taping this, like what those people in Toronto, my favorite city, did for Kawhi Leonard last night. That was great. I said, told people, because me and Ro, we were doing guaranteed. And he says, what do you think reception? I said, guaranteed he going to get a great reception because those people in Canada are unbelievable. And watching that game last night, man, it, it just warmed my heart. Because, you know, I, I think that what drives me crazy is between this impeachment crap, watching the news every day. Are you watching a lot of the impeachment crap? I'm watching none of it. Really? Because I'm dis- It doesn't interest you? I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted for the American people that every argument on any situation in this country comes down to what party you're with. Like, I consider myself, I, I, I lean toward being a Democrat, but I'm an independent. I'm, I'm, I think that I'm smart enough or a good enough person that I can look at something and say, that's right or that's wrong. But when you watch the same person talk, and the Democrat says one thing, and the Republican says the other thing. I'm just disgusted for the American people because nothing's going to happen. Like, their job is to make America uh, the greatest place which it is in the, in the world. But when I turn on TV every day, I'm sitting there and say, y'all just disagree on every subject. I'm disgusted by that whole process. Has this... Um has this altered your view at all on the potential for you running for political office? Yes, one hundred percent. That, you, that one, you wouldn't do it. I would never do it because, Ernie, there's nobody in the world. I can get a guy from the Ku Klux Klan, and we wouldn't disagree on every subject. When you watch TV every day, no matter what news organization you watch, they have two. They have two people on there a Republican and a Democrat, and they say a subject and they disagree, whether it's climate change, health care, the impeachment, taxes. I just feel bad. Like, y'all job is to make the, America, the American life better. Not, I, I'm, whatever Trump does, I'm a Republican, it's good. Whatever Trump does, I'm a Democrat, it's bad. I'm disgusted by the whole thing. Uh, I just feel bad for them. I feel bad for the American people because let's. I always tell people, you know, man, in the in in the real scheme of life, how much better does the president make your life? But but the Congress, they're supposed to make America better, and they're not doing that now. Uh, they're not doing it now, and I'm disgusted with the Republicans and the Democrats. I'm, I'm disgusted by both of them. I can take it. I can take it for a while, and I find it really compelling TV for a while. But once I pass the, you know, the hour or so, and I'll have it on maybe in the background. Yeah. But the arguments all sound 
the same. And I've heard this. I heard this on yeah. Tuesday. I heard it on Wednesday. I heard it on Thursday. And it's and, all in, it's, and, it all just and it is so partisan. It's so yeah. partisan. Yeah. And like, come on, man. If if and because you 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 listen in the beginning, like, let me see if this dude did anything wrong. And then you're like, it is amazing, Chuck. To see something happen. Here's the headline for the hearings for that day. Yeah. And then you watch the news. And it's like, well, the Republicans say, I told you, they got nothing. Yeah. And the Democrats say, I told you, we've got everything. We got, yeah, and, so. and you get tired of hearing that. Yeah. And if you get back to my original point was, you turn on the news. The first of all. The, yeah, the first of all, yeah. It's nothing but bad stuff. And then you have to do a really good job of like, no, nah, man, that's a lot of good stuff happening out there. You know, what they did for Kawhi in Toronto last night warmed my heart. Uh, you know, I was at the Obama summit a, a, a couple of weeks ago, and they had all these, uh, they call them Obama scholars or fellas, and they're from all over the United States and all over the world. And I spent two days just listening to, because really what it's about, just going back into your community and I was like, when I, I said you're on the show that night, I was so inspired. Because like I say, because you don't meet people every day who really trying to make the world a better place. Like these people like, no, nah, we go back into our community. We want to make the world a better place. Because, you know, when I turn on the TV, I'm like, okay, I should watch CNN to see what's happening in the world. I should watch my local news, see what's happening. And, and CNN, which I love, the talent we got, but they spend the whole time talking about the president. I'm like, can we talk about other stuff instead of just talking about the president? Yeah. And then on the local news, it's like who uh, all the crime that was committed within the first five to seven minutes. We, we're going to talk about local news, as a matter of fact. And uh, we have a special guest, special to us. Wait, because yeah, I was, was going to say yeah. special is a for you a, folks out there a who slight are exa- going to say who's not that? even a slight exaggeration, a big exaggeration. But Tim Kylie joins us in our next segment. We're talking the pride of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, listen, it'll only take him hey, about four seconds. Uh, in America, that. if I had a dollar for every time he told us he would play with Dan Marino, I'd be a billionaire. <laughs> I, and I've been around Dan Marino, and Dan Marino's never mentioned him. It all comes up next. <laughs> We certainly hope you're enjoying your first visit to the uh, Steam Room podcast. Yes. Uh, Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley. Special guest. Tim Kiley. You've heard him referred to on the air before. Yeah. As TK and uh, what else do you call him? Hey, what's his name? Hey, Fat what's Obnoxious his name? Producer. Uh, Fat Obnoxious Producer. But I like to hey, you. Yeah, yeah hey, yeah. you. You, yeah, got, good. you got, what, 25 years at Turner? Yeah. Hey, and then, five more years, you get the paperweight. Yeah, I want to get the thing that Ernie got. Uh, yeah. cool. The acrylic. Nice glass. Hey, long live acrylic. Right. That's um, what, what kind of tree? I got changes already, Ernie. Uh, yeah. I got changes because I'm a producer by uh-huh. heart. Can we do this in towels? No. Why not? Nobody wants to see Ernie's body. Trust no, me, I've been traumatized by it. Wait, wait, wait. Whose body? Nobody wants to see either of these bodies. Right. Don't make just, me take my shirt off. Cap, I'm just giving suggestions. Okay, all right. How about I have if we wore the robes? It says the steam room well, on see, those you robes. Should be wearing those. I heard earlier, Chuck, you don't sign your balls anymore. I don't have my name put on my balls anymore. Did that Same help deal. with your putter at all? Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. You're a funny guy. You're kind of going the old Johnny Carson yeah, route on go. that one. 
There you go. Who's Johnny Carson? Just kidding, America. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't want to get anybody I, calling I, I, in. So what brings you into the steam room, TK? Well, I, I have been told, Ernie, that our shared um, experiences in local TV, which you guys mentioned, um, you know, if it, if it bleeds, it leads, yeah. whatever. But uh, um, whatever we can come up with um, or came up with that was absolutely outrageously ridiculous. So I'd honestly like to throw it over to you for your big anchor moment when I believe it was Spartanburg. And the tape machines didn't work. Oh, that was Macon. Macon it was your big moment, though, right? And you were going to, and and the news director got in your ear and told you, you know, to. Yeah, we are. I mean, this goes way back, uh, Chuckster, because back when I was anchoring the news in Macon, we didn't even have videotape at that point. It was still on film. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's for real. And then we finally got videotape, and I'm anchoring the news, and we only had like one machine. They ran other stuff off film, and then there was one videotape machine. And the news director told me, we're having trouble with the machine, so go ahead and lead to the story. And if it's if it doesn't show up, we'll dip to black, and you can apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, it's like he was still hoping. Maybe this thing is going to work when we hit play. So the first three stories I did that night, and I said, so Ken Hill has that story. And I'd look away, and we'd dip to black because the machine wasn't working, come back to me. We hope to have that report before the end of the newscast. And I led to the next one, same thing happened. Led to the next one, same thing happened. There was never a thought, like a Tim Kiley thought, of let's juggle the show a little bit yeah. until the machine is ready. You just throw to it and then apologize. Well, that's hilarious. It was, they uh, do three in a row like that. No, just, man, you, it's, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was my first That was my first TV stop. Somebody would get fired today Georgia. if that happened. Yeah. Or... We'd make it into something good. No, but I'm talking about like uh, if you just like a regular affiliate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, no question. Yeah, somebody's head would have to roll if you. You can make you can get one because that you see it every now and then something happen. But if you did three in a row, somebody's head has to roll. In yeah, but back back then there were two stations in Macon, Channel 13 and Channel 41, and nobody watched Channel 41. Uh, they only watched us on Channel 13. We'd been there the longest. And, Way to be confident. And well, it was true. I mean. We could have put up a test pattern at six o'clock and beaten what they were doing, but uh, yeah, that was. That and was speaking of which, roll the tape, Cap. So I'm Ernie Johnson reporting. The Georgia Corn Producers Fact Finding Touring Clinic concludes today the prospective parents program. That's radio. The Pink Ladies. Also under investigation is the theft of a typewriter valued at two hundred fifty dollars from the hobby shop. I'll have more after this. That is hard hitting. <laughs> also. <laughs> Chuck, Dateline, Arizona. Theft of a type. Chuck, you valued at two hundred and fifty dollars. You've heard of emotional lobby. support dogs, correct? Yes. Uh, All right. A man in your town of Scottsdale has registered a beehive as his emotional support pet. And he went to a website called USAServiceDogRegistration.com, successfully registering a picture of a beehive as a service animal. A lot of people thought it was hilarious, and a lot of people were getting upset. That's just. Come on, man. Chuck, how about and you? Could what about tarantulas? Did you do that for yourself? No. No. That's like them two dudes on that show where they get bit by different animals. You seen that one? Uh, no. It, it's just it's, it's it's called something pain. Bring the pain. There's these two guys, and they put spiders and stuff and different animals, and they let them bite them. Oh, that's it's stupid. 
so this are you saying that if somebody wants to get on you can only a register for two things a dog and a horse but as this, an, guy, wants as to emotional this guy wants to register his, his beehive. Can you imagine that? You get on a flight and a guy, guy sitting next to you with a beehive in his. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chuck, take line your favorite town, Vegas. Yes. Some loony bin is putting tiny cowboy hats on pigeons. I saw that. Did you? An unsolvable mystery is hitting the streets of Las Vegas. Pigeons are wearing tiny cowboy hats. It's not clear who provided the birds with their headwear, but it is certainly attracting a lot of attention with video going viral on social media. I think that's hilarious. How do you but do that? The animal gotta... agency, Ernie, advocacy agency, says the the uh, this is a pigeon-positive experience. Are they that easy to just grab? No. And then put a hat on him? No, I, it's is there a, really quick. Is there a little string underneath the I mean, chin? it is Vegas. He might be a fighter. And you got to be able to, you, because how do you hold the pigeon and get Well, the they're hat? wondering if they're gluing the hat on. Yeah. And, and are they, but somebody else is saying it's a pigeon positive experience? Well, there's there's obviously two sides. This is Chuck. You, well, you they they, they, they the think these guys feel better about themselves because they're wearing a cowboy hat. Well, uh, they're very, they're wondering, the, the advocacy group is also worried about a negative impact because <laughs> they're gluing the hats on. I finish it. I, I do believe it's glued on because I don't see a string and they would probably fly off or they could peck them off. I, somebody, that's just weird. Dateline Chipotle, Chuck. The, the food place? The food place. Yeah. The CEO, Brian Is this Nichols. one of your favorites? Yeah, I like Chipotle. All right, because they they're very clean, apparently. The CEO, Brian Nickel, has nurses on call. So if you call in sick, they come see you to see if you're either sick or hungover. Okay, so at Chipotle, <laughs> you can't fool anyone, apparently, with a fake sick day. Interesting. According to their CEO, nurses can check on employees who call in sick to see if they're genuinely ill what? and not just hungover. That's actually just a stupid idea, personally. Don't Number you get sick days? Don't don't the, a lot of these folks have sick days built into their... I, 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 where every now and then I, you just need a sick day. I don't write them, I just read them, Ernie. And some days you just hungover. I was going to ask you that question. Uh, so, I mean, so they're going to send a nurse so, to your house. Yes. So, so now you, man, who got to go to work? Well, you, a lot of people go to work with hangovers. Uh, well, okay. Uh, when I say a lot of people, I mean me. Um, that's, <laughs> I've been that's, so. They keep all. They keep. It's got to be a lot to keep because there's a bunch of those places. That's a lot of nurses to keep on retainer, right? Oh, I just, I, I would think that Chipotle must be rolling in dough if they're able to do that. I like Chipotle. Yeah. What do you get there? Uh, I get the, the brown rice. Asparagus? No, no asparagus. I get the brown rice. Uh, I get uh, double chicken. Uh, I get. Uh, With a hat or without? <laughs> no, <laughs> I get the, the queso cheese. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fool for the, for the white cheese dip. Oh, yeah. Well, feel very yeah, good that day. they they have special cleaners. They're very proud of it. Yeah, they clean the tables, which should be right up your alley. Right up my alley, freak. Cap is in the control room. Is it possible just to play that sound back one more time from WLAQ Radio in Rome, Georgia? 
where I was on the radio. I'm Ernie Johnson reporting. The Georgia Corn Producers Fact-Finding Touring Clinic concludes today the prospective parents program sponsored by the Pink Ladies. Also under investigation is the theft of a typewriter valued at $250 from the hobby shop. I'll have more after this. <laughs> That's your lead story. Uh, oh, my God. The hobby shop. The hobby shop. <laughs> Looking for that value. Hey, value at $250. That was that was back in 1976. 76. Wow, that's unbelievable. Doing an internship at a country radio station in Rome, Georgia. Tim Kiley, our longtime producer. <laughs> More of the steam room after this. Just, I want to explain something. If you're trying to get a hold of me uh, through social media, you know you can do that. Um, at Turner Sports EJ, that's my Twitter handle. On Instagram, on Facebook, you can find me. This guy here uh, wants no part of social media for whatever reason. So if you want to get a message to Chuck, we're going old school. Just the old voicemail message machine, the the answering machine. Remember those things? We've got one of those, and go ahead. We, we've got some callers. You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. What's up, Chuck? My question is, would you rather join social media or become a vegetarian? Excellent. <laughs> Excellent question. If you, if you had to if do had one to of those. If you had to do social media or be a vegetarian, I would love to be a vegetarian. I would. You would do that before you get yes. on social media. Ernie. There's no chance. Uh, there's no chance I'm going to get on social media either. Uh, Ernie, I never, I never understand. Like, there's no perfect person... We all are human beings. But I don't understand the fascination why people have to be mean. I, I, I think it's two things where I hate about social media. You can say something. You can say, I don't like Charles Barkley uh, 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 or something like that. You can say, and I have no problem with that. But when people are mean, it's kind of like I was thinking about, um, like people, and, and then what also drives me crazy, like people complaining about the Peloton commercial. Like, what kind of loser <laughs> take the time to complain about a, a stupid commercial and call it sexist and all this other stuff? But here's the deal, though, Chuck. If whether you're on social media or not on social media, people can say what they want about you. I'm not saying you need to be on there to answer those folks. But I'm saying you've got some pretty good ideas that if you want to get them out there to millions of people, that's a way you, you tweet that. And it doesn't mean you have to respond to everybody who says what you have for lunch today or I hate your show or anything like that. But your message can get out to millions upon millions of people. Yeah, we have like 22 million people watching our show uh, on Turner, TBS, every Thursday, 8 to TNT also. That's it, TNT. You said TBS. TBS, TNT. But so um, I haven't gotten to the point where I want to do that. Okay. I'm going to let you and Shaq, because y'all got a bunch of followers. Kenny got two. Uh, but I know Shaq got a gazillion yeah. followers. Yeah. If you were to be a vegetarian... What would be your go-to vegetable? Oh, green beans. Really? Oh, yeah. I love you green beans. You see that like, like, like there's no question. Like there's no other vegetable out there. Well, when I was doing Weight Watchers, shout out to Liz <laughs> and my girl Ellie, who weighed me every two weeks. 
they had to teach me how to eat vegetables because for the last, since I've been born, I didn't eat any vegetable. Uh, when I started Weight Watchers, I ate rice, corn, and potatoes. Um, when I and, I and I told them, I said those. Are, I guess I guess uh, it's, they're stoves of starches. But I didn't eat any vegetables when I started with Weight Watchers. And the two ladies, they said, I said I would try green beans. Now I love green beans. And they says, would you eat Brussels sprouts? I said, I would never eat Brussels sprouts. They're little balls of nastiness. So what they did was they chopped them up for me. Now I love Brussels sprouts. They have to be Especially chopped. Especially if they're prepared with uh, the butter and the bacon. No, we don't do No, we don't do that. We oh, cook. We man, cook. No, you, you, you can't have butter if you're on a diet, man. Oh, so that's where I've gone wrong. <laughs> no, that's where I was going wrong. <laughs> so, no, they chopped them up really fine. We cooked them in uh, olive oil and put some turkey bacon in there. Now, yeah. I, I love Brussels sprouts. Me too. Because I, I couldn't eat them the regular way either. No, I hate that little oh, ball. Oh, yeah. That was, that was but, and then now I'll even do cauliflower. Yeah. They, How about broccoli? Uh, no. How about no. corn on the cob? Uh, no, corn is a starch, Ernie. You can't eat corn's a vegetable. No, it's a starch, isn't it? Come on now. I'm telling you, it's a starch. I People. think it is. No, but but corn is a vegetable. No, uh, okay, uh, but corn is not a great vegetable. If you were eating the husk, that <laughs> might be a little. <laughs> but starchy. I do actually love corn. But okay. you, but also, but, but but cauliflower, same thing. You're cooking in olive oil, roast it, and put Parmesan cheese on it. Uh, but uh, broccoli. Broccolini, spinach, Ooh, spinach, artichokes, asparagus. That's a no. No spinach. No. No. Oh, come on, man. No, no, no. You don't know what you're missing. No, none of that stuff. We spent a lot of time on on that question, but I guess so. You would be a vegetarian before you'll join. Yes. Social. Uh, let's go to the next message. Hey Chuck, what's your favorite smell? <laughs> My favorite smell. <laughs> What's your least favorite smell? No, what is your favorite smell? I love right after it's rain. That's a good one. Right after it rain, and it's kind of like got all the crap out the air, got all the pollen out the air. Right after it rains, it's just, I, I love that smell. I don't even know what you, it's just fresh. Yeah. Uh, but right after rain is one of, I, I love that smell. You know what I love too? I love like sitting by a fireplace. I love the smell of a fireplace. Yeah. I love the smell of folks burning leaves when you're driving around during the fall. Um, and I love the smell of Play-Doh. Do you love the smell of Play-Doh? I think... I love the smell of Play-Doh. Uh, I hadn't touched it in so long, but that was a great toy back in the day. Yeah, so I got grandkids it's, now, and we occupy the, hey, play with the Play-Doh. And, you know, like Cheryl Ann is like, yeah, you can play with that as soon as... Uh, Poppy start, stops uh, sniffing the can of Play-Doh. It's awesome. I love that stuff. Um, you got another one? Good. Hey, Charles, this is Gary Sheffield, the last year's Black Masters champion. <laughs> I'm just calling you to let you know that uh, you're going to have to step your game up this year because um, I'm planning on coming to win the next one. Uh, I saw a couple of your shots last year, and uh, it seemed like you was hitting out of the trees and uh, and by buildings a lot, not on the fairway. So 
you're going to try to take me down, you know, you want to step it up a little bit, man. So I was just leaving that message for you. So have your game tight because I'm coming for another one. Later. Well, Gary, Gary, Gary Cliff, I know this is an hour podcast. He ate up 12 <laughs> minutes on that question. Um, you know, and I'm not so sure we've even, have we invited Chef back for the Well, we, yeah, the he's actually a defending champion. I know, but he gets know. to pick out the dinner and everything. Yeah. You know, the Black Masters is one of the coolest things that we've ever done, ever done. Uh, you inviting us out to Chateau Elan and and the thing that's so cool, it's such a really just a fun day and Sherland cooks for us and everything when everything's over and get to see all the kids. But the fun we have playing golf and the calls we get, now we added Grant Hill, now we added C Webb, now we added Vince Carter. I just, just uh, not, and obviously Gary Sheffield, I just bumped into Ed Reed. He's like, yo, man, I got to play in the Black Masters. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr., like, yo, man, I got to play. But just to have some event that's just fun, it's a break for us pretty much at the end of the playoffs. And the, the, the fellowship, I mean, it's just such a fun day. It was a that was a great afternoon. The first one was fun. It was just four of us. I know. But last year when we had two foursomes and we all went to the house, ate barbecue, yes. hung out, um, told stories. I know. It was it was the but, best. But, but it, it was, was so fun. cool because, like I say, we got other these other world-class athletes calling us wanting to get in. They're like, and I'm and and it, and it it's so much fun. Uh, but we appreciate you letting all us foods come to your house oh, and Sherland cooking for us and everything. It's our pleasure. And it, you wouldn't believe how many guys I'll be out hitting balls. Guys just walk up and uh, so when's the uh, you guys going to have the Black Masters out here again? <laughs> all these all these buddies of mine, we're going to start getting a gallery now, I, one I, of I these t- days. I tell you what, man, I look forward to that every year. So, Gary, we got to step out again. Can we, and I was kidding. Chef Court's going to be back. Yeah, but also we can't let him win because he's not a good winner. <laughs> but like he's it was, not a, it was he, a pretty easy walk in the park. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. But it was great to see Grant Hill and Vince Carter out there. If there was somebody that I would want to hand the black jacket to as the first Black Masters champion, it was certainly Gary Sheffield. Oh my! If you would like to leave a message for Chuck on his outdated answering machine, here's the number to call: 404-987-0330. 404-987-0330. Zero three three zero. Again, that number, 404-987-0330. Operators are not standing by, but you can get the answering machine. That's it for the Steam Room, the very first episode. Uh, I want to thank uh, Tim Kiley, uh, our longtime producer, for joining us. I want to thank you all for uh, listening in. And remember, Chuck's answering machine, you, uh, you might actually make the Steam Room podcast. We'll see you next time.